Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. We have been talking together over these months, uh, over the month of November on our Sundays together as we've gathered about hope and how God has given us an incredible richness of hope through Jesus Christ. The Apostle Peter tells us that we actually need to be ready to offer an explanation about the hope that is visible in our lives. Peter writes, don't worry or be afraid. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. We should be ready to explain our hope, to have a reason, a rationale for the hopefulness that we seem to have, that we obviously have as people who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. People would ask, why can you have such hope? How can you be so hopeful when there's so much trouble in the world? When there are so many seemingly really good reasons to be pessimistic or fatalistic? And as we try to provide an explanation for our hope, we might share our stories. We might point to times of God's faithfulness in our own lives. A concrete example of how God has come through for us when we placed our faith and hope in him. But sometimes we just have to be honest with people that ask us, or certainly honest with ourselves, that our hope is often in something we don't yet see and haven't yet received. Our hope is in the goodness of God in the days to come. Either working here in our lives on earth or ultimately at the time when Jesus returns to take us to be where he is at the time of our death. As we think about this business of hope, so much of it, I think, can feel so elusive, so intangible. Our hope can feel very deep and real. It's, it's deeply seated within us. But we recognize that our deepest hopes are in those things we haven't seen and touched. And this is why I think it can be so helpful for us to be intentional and to make sure that we don't forget those things that we have seen and received from God. Things we've seen God do in our own lives and in the lives of other people. The writer of Hebrews explains the link between faith and hope this way. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Another translation of the Bible puts, puts it this way. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The writer of Hebrews is saying that somehow it's our faith that puts a substance to, that somehow puts some flesh and bones on our hope so it becomes visible. And it's this visible faith and hope that Peter insists will get people asking questions. But for those of us who would name yourself a Christian this morning, a follower of Jesus Christ, maybe you're like me and you realize and are willing to acknowledge that if things were just a bit more tangible, it might be easier to find ourselves hopeful. Maybe if we could touch some things, we'd find them easier to believe. And so we relate to the story of Thomas, that disciple of Jesus, who said, until I touch Jesus with my fingers, until I see him with my eyes, I just can't believe that he's risen from the dead. 
that despite the, the insistence of his friends that they had seen him with their own eyes. As physical beings, we tend to like and prefer physical evidence, things we can touch and see that they're real. It makes us feel more settled, more secure, more certain. And even those of us who wouldn't necessarily consider ourselves skeptical acknowledge that there's some real value in seeing some good, hard evidence. And this is why we see memorials that are built all around the world, not just for religious purposes, but for a wide variety of reasons. Memorials give us physical reminders. They tell us this really happened, whether it's to name those who have died, to mark a battle site or another historical event, or to honor the life of a particular person. Memorials stir memories within us. They provide reminders for us when the facts can become fuzzy and doubts begin to creep in. And this is why, especially as we look at the Old Testament, we often see people gathering stones together and erecting markers. They're putting together memorials because they want to make sure that what happened is not forgotten. And the first pile of stones we read about in the Bible is in Genesis 8. It's when Noah, Noah builds an altar to God after he and his family have been rescued from the floodwaters by God's grace. And then in Genesis 12, Abraham builds an altar after God appears to him and promises to make him into a great nation and to give him a new land. Time after time, we see these rocks being piled together and altars rising up. They go up as an act of worship to God for what God has done, but then they are left up as reminders of what God has done. In fact, in many cases, the primary purpose of these stone piles is actually to, big a, to provide a big giant X that marks the spot of God's movement in their history. Now, there weren't interpretive signs like we might see at many roadside pullouts these days, but the rocks were there. And so when a younger generation asked, what do these stones mean? What's the significance? It would be an opportunity for the story to be told again. And for the goodness and faithfulness of God to be explained and praised once again. It would be an opportunity for the people to give a reason for the hope that they had. Memorials tell stories. Do you have any memorials around your house? Maybe it's not a signpost or a pile of rocks, but maybe there's something you have that serves as a physical reminder to a moment in your life of God's grace and goodness and provision. Things that remind us that God is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our faith. He deserves our hope and trust. I think sometimes even photo albums can do this, whether they're in print or saved on our phone. We look back at prior moments and we're reminded of the goodness of God. They stir up gratitude in us as we think about good times. And sometimes even those rough times that are captured in film or on our phones can also remind us of how God came through in those moments, how God provided. Maybe you're someone who journals, which just means you write down a conversation between yourself and God. 
This can be a way to add some physicality to what can often feel like such an intangible relationship with this God whom we've not yet seen. I know people who can pull a journal off the shelf and that instantly transports them back to a moment in time. Years earlier, they're reminded of that moment when God spoke or when they spoke to God and waited for an answer. Looking back at our journals reminds us of the faithfulness of God, reminds us of the things we've learned so we don't lose them. It can also inspire us in our own growth as disciples as well. Maybe you pull off a journal from the shelf, look back 10, 15 years, and say, what was I thinking back then? And we get encouraged. We see, okay, I have come a little way since then. Or actually, maybe we look back 10 or 15 years, and we say, wow, I, it seems like I had a simpler, deeper faith back then. We say, wow, maybe that's a time when I was less distracted and we find ourselves nudged back onto a truer path of following Jesus. I've known people who have placed things in their homes that are there specifically to remind them of the goodness and faithfulness of God. And so when they find their hope challenged, they can look at those markers and they retell themselves the stories behind them. They tell themselves the reasons that they have hope. Sometimes we choose to build a memorial, whatever that might be. Some physical object set aside as tangible proof of God's work in our lives. But other times, something tangible is given to us. This morning, we're handing out three baptism certificates. One you know about. Two are coming. Stay tuned. But these are memorials in certificate form that will be handed to remind these three individuals of this day. And someday Mackenzie will be able to read her certificate and start asking questions. What was that all about? Tell me the story. In a little while, we'll be baptizing by immersion two of our younger friends who have their own stories as well. And these certificates that we give them will be reminders Memorials that we have put together. But the waters of baptism are a gift from God. God provides waters and the, and the baptism sacrament. And he tells us, remember. He gives us the memorial. As a covenant church here at Bethany, we baptize both infants and those who profess their faith and present themselves for immersion as, as baptismal candidates. And the reason that we do both is that both forms of baptism are really about the same thing. They're about the grace of God. Parents present young ones for baptism and say, look at how gracious God has been to us. And as a congregation, we already see God's love and grace at work in this young one and in this family. And so we pause to give God thanks and express our support and commitment to the family and to the child. And as believers in Jesus come to the waters of baptism for immersion, they declare, look at the grace of God. See how gracious God has been to me that he has given me the gift of faith in his son, Jesus. He's rescued me from death and given me the gift of new life. The water itself is a gift from God that reminds us of God's other good gifts. And water itself becomes a tangible reminder, a memorial for those of us who have been baptized. 
Anytime we feel water washing over us, or we plunge beneath the surface of a a pool or a lake or the ocean, we can be reminded of the gifts of God's goodness and grace. The table of our Lord, where we celebrate the sacrament of communion, is another example of God's tangible and hope-building gifts for us. The bread and and the cup are his gifts to us, gifts that help sustain our faith, gifts that we can see and touch and taste as we find our hope renewed. Sometimes our hope is challenged when things remain unseen for a long time. A couple of weeks ago, we talked together about the struggle it can be to be in the middle of a story where we don't know the ending. And sometimes, even though it might be a mystery, we sense that God allows us to linger in those moments of the unknown. And while we're there, he reminds us of his presence, his faithfulness, his goodness, that he hasn't left us, even though he is unseen. Sometimes God provides incredible gifts that become physical reminders of his goodness and grace. And this morning, I've invited Rebecca Waite to come share the story of her time of lingering in the unknown and then seeing how God provided. So welcome, Rebecca. Thanks for coming in today. So, um, if you, I know it's very chilly up here. (laughs) A few years ago, you were in the middle of a story. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that? Hello. Ooh, I'm loud. (laughs) I took my coat off to come up here. It was a poor choice. (laughs) Um, So, many people here know this sort of story, but um, in 2014, Ryan and I started the process of trying to make babies, and we, I had four miscarriages in 400 days. It's kind of, that's like mom, mom likes to say that. It was about rounding, rounding off. But anyway, um, so we ended up down a really interesting journey of infertility treatments, um, that we didn't expect. And I kind of poured myself, I'm, I grew up in Indonesia, so I went back to my Eastern medicine roots and poured, we poured ourselves into Western medicine and Eastern medicine alike. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically that in a nutshell. <laughs> and then now you all see the tiny humans running around here. So mm-hmm. I'm really sorry you went through that. And we're very thankful for the tiny humans. Yes. Um, So in that period, you mentioned the 400 days, where Mm -hmm. really the only tangible thing you had was bad news, unfortunately. So how did you, how did God keep hope alive for you in in those moments? Because that's a long time, and that's a lot of setbacks. It was a long time. Well, a lot of outlets... Um, the last time that I had a miscarriage, my sister told us two days later that she was pregnant. So Ryan, Ryan wanted to go to the batting cages and hit something. And I was like, or, or we can demo our whole kitchen floor. (laughs) 
so uh, I did that. I sledgehammered my kitchen floor and, and chiseled it all away and then went to Tile America and said, hi, I need some tile. And she's like, you already ripped out all of your floor. I said, don't ask me questions. Just tell me how to put floor back. Um, so different outlets. Um, also, I mean, a, a lot of it was just trying to be prayerful during those times and know that God's got this. And um, I used to drive across the river to Yukon because we live in Glastonbury and um, the fertility clinic is in Farmington. And so I used to drive across the river and sob the whole time. I don't know if y'all know Hillary Scott from Lady Antebellum, but she actually sings a song called Thy Will. And lo and behold, it was about her own fertility journey, which I did not know that but until later. But um, I think just pouring myself into music and Jesus during that time was probably the, the best way for me to go through that. Um, I'm also an incredibly pragmatic person. So it's, you know, my mom would always be like, Rebecca, it's going to be great. It's going to work. It's going to whatever. And I'm like, this is the opposite of hope. But I was like, yes, but it could also not work. And I need to be realistic. This is just how I processed through all of that stress, I think. Mm -hmm was to go into it with a healthy level of awareness of what that can be um, when you're sitting in a room full of people that you know have not had success and are going through this process. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the little humans uh, who are currently among us. Yes. Um, and we're very grateful for Wesley and Nolan and for God's faithfulness to you and to Ryan and to your family. Um, as you now have uh, physical, huggable proof, right, of God's faithfulness. Not that he wouldn't have been faithful with a different answer necessarily, but you have something you can see and hold on to. How does that inspire or shape your hope these days? I think um, also church knows lots about our family. So um, having, having the kids be present and being able to see them reminding us of that really long journey that we went through for us ending in a way that was what we hoped for, um, I think was really actually helpful during the last two years. My, my parents and my, we have a running uh, competition about who has the most holes in their body um, because between dad's cancer and mom had surgery and I had surgery and we had last, five surgeries in the last two years, we have, it's a joke about how many people have the most holes in their body. Um, and I think going through all of those things, the boys kind of just give us a reminder that as much as there are hard times, you're going to come out on the other end of it one way or the other and the way that God intended. Um, so yeah, that. Thank you for sharing your story with us. We're very grateful for God's work in your life. Let's take a moment of prayer. God, we give you thanks because this story uh, renews our hope in you. And God, we pray your blessings on this dear family, on these answers to prayer that they have received. And God, we know that you are not done with them or with us yet. And so thank you for the opportunity to share, to hear, to tell and be inspired by our stories of your goodness. Amen. Stories like this remind us that God is good and that God gives us 
good gifts because he is good. Some of these gifts we can see, we can touch, we can hug. Any of the physical gifts and blessings we receive, we can choose to make into memorials that remind us of God's continued goodness and faithfulness. Especially when times come when we might ponder or wonder what God is up to. God gives us gifts that remind us that we have every reason for hope. We have an answer for anyone who asks us, where did you get that hope? Why are you so hopeful? Friends, as we come to the conclusion of this series together, I want you to hear these words from the Apostle Paul, written for the Christians in Ephesus, but also intended for us who, like those Christians, have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So this week I have a little uh, assignment for you. I encourage you to make some sort of memorial in your home. Something physical that will remind you of the reason for the hope that you have. And then look at it and be reminded by it. And at some point, probably in just a few weeks, you'll need to move it because you'll find that it blends in with the scenery and you stop noticing it. But keep something tangible and physical that reminds you of the goodness and faithfulness of God. I invite you to stand together as we read these words as a blessing over each other this morning. Let's speak to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great, great power for us who believe. Join me in prayer. Good, gracious, and loving God, we thank you for the hope that you have given us through your son, Jesus. Thank you for giving us one another so that we can share our stories and find our hope and faith strengthened. Thank you for giving us each other so we can pray blessings and encouragement over each other when our hope is thin. Thank you for the physical reminders of intangible truths that you have given us, for the waters of baptism, the bread and the cup, and for anything you use simply to grab our attention and remind us of your love for us and your mission through us. God, thank you for including us in your story. We pray all this in your son's holy name. Amen.